The Trigger Report is recorded on Anchor FM and can be followed on the following platforms. Our website at www.thetriggerreport.com or you can simply search The Trigger Report on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. If you're willing to support as a pledge and earn some other perks along the way, please visit patreon.com slash woodbridgewrites. We appreciate you listening and supporting the program. I hope you enjoy tonight's show. Thank you. I'm your host, Tyler Woodbridge, coming at you with my ever-dutiful co-host, Derek Cooner. How are things in your end of the country tonight, uh, Derek? Oh, I'm doing just great. I'm happy to be here, and I can't wait to get started. Oh, hey, yeah, I I really appreciate the energy. And uh, speaking of energy, there is a very... palpable energy coming from media circles tonight as the breaking news is that Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh has taken on a second accuser. This new woman allegedly was uh, sexually assaulted by uh, nominee Kavanaugh uh, back in the mid-80s whenever they were both attending Yale Law School. But Eric, have you had a chance to catch up on these allegations? Uh, no, I have not. I I am very behind on the uh, Kavanaugh. Is that even his name? Kavanaugh? I don't even know anymore at this point, bud. I, uh, yeah, I have not been keeping up to date with that. Um, but uh, if you could fill me in, uh, I could, you know, maybe uh, share my opinion. Uh, Yes, absolutely. As we've all come to know, Dr. Ford's testimony has been heavily scrutinized over the last week as her allegations of uh, high school. uh, Uh, Woodbridge, Woodbridge, uh, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, You know, um, sometimes sometimes when I, um, you know, we're we're talking about the news. You know, and so sometimes in America, uh, people are not being informed. I myself am one of those people. Now, now, your everyday American are these are these everyday Americans um, keeping up with this news? Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, but the th- that sad thing is many of these people are getting it regurgitated to them in secondhand meme form. It's crazy seeing how many false facts are being propagated across Facebook and about that, major cases like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so that, you know, they 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 get their news through memes and uh I don't know what else people get their news from, Fox or or uh, MSNBC, but uh, whatever you get your news from, um, uh, the fact is um, the the American people are not getting the news because 
midterms, midterms elections coming up November, correct? Yes, November 6th. It'll be the uh, date that will determine the fate of America for the next two years. It'll be a okay, big one. Yeah, they say it's a big one. They say it's the most important election. But, you know, in, in my neck of the woods, I don't see anybody talking about this. You know, you might see a sign for, for, uh, uh, f- uh, what's his name? James Corderay or, or whatever, you know, what's his name for governor? Yeah. And then you have Mike DeWine on the other end of things. Yeah. But, but the, the voter turnout is, I think going to be, uh, just as low as it's ever been this, this coming midterm. And I don't, I don't know if the Democrats are going to be able to pull this one off. I certainly hope not. I hope that blue wave uh, crashes long before it comes ashore. Anyway, I uh, I I, I kind of wanted to add that in because I, I I myself find myself not being informed with the news, and um, sometimes a lot of the time I get my news from the trigger report. Wow. Uh, and that definitely makes me feel very happy that I'm accomplishing my goal of sharing interesting articles secondhand from uh, reputable news sources and also adding my own unique flavor with some of my captions and some of my graphics that I share as well. And hopefully someday the Trigger Report will be established enough to be a trusted source in independent media. But as you all know, we are a fledgling program and still trying to find our market our way and our voice in independent media yeah yeah and i i really like the direction it's going and uh I, i'm I was, i'm sorry to to have interrupted what you were saying about uh the uh kavanaugh um chronicles so, you know what? Uh, Actually, I like the direction you're taking it in. You know, with you talking about uh, Dewine and Cordray in the Ohio gubernatorial election, uh, have you been seeing any signs or information about Travis Irvine, the Libertarian candidate? Not, not a single one. Not a single one. Uh, and do you think this Don't low know. energy matchup of Cordray versus Dewine will allow Irvine to get to the? Crucial three percent needed to maintain libertarian ballot access in Ohio. See, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's possible. I, I, and here in little old Chillicothe, um, you know, people they they go to work and they come home, and uh, you don't see people getting involved. You don't see people, uh, or or maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just me. But uh, when I, when I get to the ballot in November, um, if I don't do my research ahead of time, I'm not, I'm not gonna know, uh, uh probably ninety percent of anything on that ballot. Right, right. And uh, there's a high degree of uh, voter apathy nationwide, and that 
progresses into electoral apathy. Whenever I went to the ballot for the August primaries here in Tennessee, so many of these offices were uncontested or, you know, there was just Republicans versus Democrats. There was scarcely any good independents to vote for. I just ended up writing in people for 85% of these things because I didn't know Tom and Dick from Harry. You know what I'm saying? I, I think yeah. Americans, if, if everybody that was apathetic about politics that truly did see one, some kind of change and had a little bit of time and money to spare to work towards that, if we could unify ourselves and attack the establishment and put forth the effort that our country deserves, I think we could actually see some change. There's a big vacuum that needs to be filled there. Yeah, I agree. But people simply just do not have time. They are being squeezed. They are, they are uh, being forced to work and they're, and they're being forced to, to not, be able to get involved and these people are getting away with murder uh, when you see Literally. Uh, the the only people that you that seem to be uh, on top of it are these rich uh, special interests that throw millions of dollars into these elections and they literally are buying these elections and nobody seems to care and and uh you know i'm i'm a little bit ignorant to to the whole process so i was wondering if you could if you could shed some light on on what the process of the midterm elections uh is when it when it comes to um you know does gerrymandering play a role in these elections for for the midterms what 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 all goes in to the process of a midterm election and why should people uh care well, midterm elections are traditionally seen as a referendum on whatever party is in charge. Let's look at the Republican Party. They hold the presidency, both houses of Congress, uh, the Supreme Court, and a majority of the governorships across the United States. Now, do you see government getting any smaller? Do you see traditional values playing any kind of role in our country do you see the republican party being anything more than just a uh hackneyed staging ground for special interests for uh the, the wealthy and Lots i don't feel yeah yeah you know um I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there's a lot of fine principled Republicans out there. There's traditionally a strong intersect between libertarians and the Republican Party. But the Republican Party in its current form is not shrinking government, is not being fiscally responsible. And that's why a strong referendum is needed in 2018 to put them on their heels and allow them to actually push a tolerable agenda.
And uh, to speak to your earlier question about gerrymandering, um, I'm going to talk about the district that I'm living in and have been uh, doing some research on for perhaps future political runs. Uh, The uh, Tennessee 4th Congressional District, it goes from just south of Nashville along the I-24 freeway. And then whenever you reach Chattanooga, a major city, it actually curves up and around Chattanooga, putting it on its own little island. And then it goes up another highway, up into another region of Tennessee. It's like a W shape. 16 counties shaped like a W. And I'll tell you this, the interests of people living in Murfreesboro don't necessarily match the interests of people living in McMinn County or living in uh, Meigs County out in a more rural area. So uh, I just, I'm I'm with you. Gerrymandering is a huge problem. And I think that's something that uh, principled politicians need to band together and start working towards eliminating. Well, well, how do these, you know, I'd say libertarians are, are on the right track, but what they're missing is traction. Uh, y- you know, they can make a little bit of noise, but when it comes to competing with Democrats and Republicans, it seems like uh the libertarians are made out to be um just uh a gimmick and i don't think that's i don't think that's the case but that is that is just what the mainstream has presented that to them to to the american people cuz because let's face it the american people you know, unless you're living in a, a very large city, uh, which you know does doesn't win you elections. We saw that in 2016, Hillary Clinton won ma- majority of the big cities, but Donald Trump was a was the rural king. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I think that's that's kind of. What represents uh, America is the is the um, you know the the small town Chillicothe uh, folk you know and and they and they just don't have the information needed to to make smart decisions and unless uh, unless you're going door to door. And and let's face it, when someone's knocking on your door, you're you're saying, "Who the fuck's knocking on my door?" You're not <laughs> saying, uh, "You're not saying, oh, I want to hear what this guy has to say," you know. And a lot of a lot of people are not open to hearing new and different ideas. So something, right. what can be done to? Yeah, that's part of my mission with the Trigger Report is to reach out to people that are politically curious and opening a window to the realm of possibility if we actually start acting with our conscience. And I want to take some of my personal experiences as I begin wading into political theater uh, to be transparent and to show people, hey, that you know, this can be done. 
or, hey, this is what's going on and this is what we need to do to change it. So in reference to door knocking, I had a terrible experience door knocking uh, the first time I ever did it a few years ago for the Ohio Libertarian Party. Uh, I went to about 40 doors, uh, maybe five people answered, and out of them, only one person was willing to have any kind of conversation. But now, again, that's my only door knocking experience as of yet. I just recently joined a, a organization called Young Americans for Liberty with the idea of getting door knocking and political insight experience. This is a nonpartisan group uh, that has some Republican support, some Libertarian support, uh, but it's all principled. And uh, they are really good at getting out the vote and doing these door knocking campaigns. So I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to share what I learned from Young Americans for Liberty with my audience to help get more insight to that process and, uh, you know, to see what we can do better about being better door-to-door campaigners or better marketers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that that could work to, to an extent, but I, I, uh, I keep thinking about the, um, the average American, you know, not, not the, not the 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 ninety seven percent, I guess you could say. I mean, uh, there's there's the one percent, obviously, and you know the two percent. Well, what I'm saying is, the people who are who are, you know, Bernie Sanders, for example, um, he thought he was a shoe in because he thought, you know. He's going to represent the poor people, and then the poor people are all going to rise up and vote. And if all the poor people vote, Bernie Sanders would have been president. Well, the poor people didn't go to the polls and vote, and some of them uh, are are so misinformed uh, that they even vote against their own interests. You see a lot of that in uh, rural America where the Republican Party might not necessarily be the right choice for, uh, say, Appalachians, uh, but they opt to continue voting for Republicans because of uh, religion and because that's what their daddy does and they can't let their daddy down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and and I I I'm always contemplating this this uh, this concept of of what American politics are becoming because you have uh, you have the Democrats where I can't really put my finger on a Democrat anymore of what a Democrat is. There, I guess I guess they're they're old school Republicans. Is that accurate? Would that be accurate to say? Well, my whole thought of it is, uh, and maybe this is just because I've been a hardcore libertarian for six, seven years now. I just really see the Democrats and the Republicans as two uh, sides of the same boot stepping on your throat. 
the Democrat. Okay, let me put it this way: the Republicans will take your tax money and use it to fight foreign wars and build border walls, and the Democrats will take your um, tax money uh, to uh, pigeonhole themselves into like education and healthcare, and then they'll wave a little rainbow flag so that we can feel good about it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like picking your poison in a way with the major parties anymore because neither side really effectively uh, does what they are branded to do. It, it just becomes this quagmire of mixed financial interests and uh, transpartisan gridlock and, and opposition. And, and nothing's getting done in Washington. Nothing. Right. That's why I think it's uh, super critical that people who are political curious, or, you know, anybody that's listening to the show, it's important for you to get out and vote in your midterms, to go to local political meetings, participate in the process, because it's most important from the local level, then to the state level. Federal ideally should not have that much of an impact on our day-to-day lives, but with the amount of overreach that they have now, it's impossible to escape the shadow of the federal government. Well, I want I wanted to bring up a little bit of a uh, issue that was hotly debated on uh, one of the trigger report posts, and that is the issue of uh, healthcare. And um, we saw a lot of different a lot of different angles being presented on on the post about healthcare. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people hate Obamacare, and a lot of people like Obamacare, and that is so confusing to me because on on the right, they say Obama was the worst president of all time, but on the left, they're saying he was the best president of all time. How can somebody be that polarizing? And I mean, Donald Trump is 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 the same way. He's, I mean, well, he's not quite a, as polarizing as Obama, because you know, even Republicans hate Donald Trump. But the Republicans have got, uh, in my view, anyway, have become such a far right. Uh, extremist group almost to where they're almost like a um, criminal um, enterprise because they're so, they have gone so far to the extreme right that they have radicalized an entire uh, um, uh, you know party Millions of Americans, you know, hook, line, and sinker will follow them straight off the cliff in the most extreme views, and there's and there's no and there's no uh, common ground. You can't say uh, Obamacare, and 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 Obamacare was a nickname that the Republicans. It's it was originally the Affordable Care Act. 
But the Republicans decided, hey, let's name it Obamacare, and then that way all the Republicans will say, I can't believe Obama would 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 be so uh such a uh fucking egomaniac that he would name health care after himself. What a fucktard. And, <laughs> and really he never called it Obamacare. It was the Republicans who nicknamed it that so that they could spread whatever it is that they wanted to spread uh, the hatred of of what I think is a pillar, you know. It's an, I I argued this on the page, but I I didn't get too heavily into it. But but what what the Affordable Affordable Care Act essentially is is a, is a starting block to what it will be in the future. It has to start somewhere. Like like Social Security when uh, who's the president? Like uh, um, the the New Deal. Oh yeah, FDR. Yeah, FDR. Uh, you know that was an imperfect system when it was first implemented, and over time, when the government was not so dysfunctional and gridlocked, and they actually served the American people. They went in together and they say, look, what can we do to make this program better for the American people? You don't see any of that in today's politics in, in any form. And, what, uh, and, and, and is that going to change? Is that going to change? Is that going to dial back? Are we going to have... Are we gonna have a, a a nation where 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 Democrats and Republicans, and or or uh, even Libertarians that manage to find themselves a seat in the big house capital, coming together and saying, "Look, let's let's solve a big problem for the people," or are we gonna see people saying, "Let's put money in our pockets." Well, uh, for one, I, I do have my own criticisms of both the New Deal, so- Social Security, Obamacare, yeah. but we'll, we'll visit that in a future episode. I think the key theme here is, of course, bipartisanship and actually working together to get productive things done. And um, I, I think that's my third party. Yeah, go on. Well, you, you uh, your view is um... – they're socialist programs, so they're they uh, they're that's that's your uh, stance on on those programs that that they're social socialism programs and that they they should be abolished. Well, my, voluntarily, I am pragmatic enough to say that I see the value in having a social security style system. Where it went wrong was whenever our budgets have been tapping into the Social Security Fund over and over again uh, to where it's probably not going to be an efficient retirement vehicle within the next generation. You and I probably aren't going to see Social Security uh, 
whenever it comes time for us to retire. And so I think in the last 20 odd years, the effectiveness of Social Security has diminished to a point to where I don't think it should be mandatory to opt into that any longer. It's a failing program and people are best served by making their own voluntary investments uh, to make their own um, retirement. And like I said, Social Security, the way it was intended, uh, you know, I could honestly get behind that from a pragmatic standpoint, but it, it, it's gone down the shitter. I, and I don't think it's a very efficient any longer. Yeah, I can agree to that. And, and I think it's because um, most of the politicians that are running the show have been there since the age of the dinosaurs they uh they don't know any they they're they're completely out of touch and they're taking a lot of money from a lot of sketchy people to uh pass bills that do not help the american people the middle class is dead you know statistic i hear all the time of the the median income do you know the median income offhand by chance um, i'm wanting to say it's uh, somewhere around uh let's see here about 40k is that close i'm not sure i'm not sure i i i remember hearing it and thinking it was ridiculously high i thought it was it was uh inaccurate because there's maybe I'm thinking closer to the mean income I'll have to look this up after the show because there's a lot of people making there's a lot of rich people making a lot of money but there's also a lot of poor people not making that much money and how are those people going how do those people work themselves out of poverty. Well, I could actually make the argument, uh, and I can uh, find the data to back this up uh, if you're interested or if our listeners are interested. The middle class itself has actually grown in recent years uh, to a higher standard, and you're seeing the upper middle class grow a little bit now as well. And I'm not sure of the socioeconomic factors that have pushed that. I think a lot of it's just uh, a natural recovery from the recession. Uh, but I, I'd be interested. In, and you know what? I'm actually going to go ahead and commit to looking up these uh, these facts and these sources and sharing those on the Trigger Report tomorrow to drive some discussion and debate. Uh, I look forward to uh, looking looking at that and, and reading about that. That sounds kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, yes, yes. But but here's I do want to share one thing. Um, I do have a ten step plan on how we can restore fiscal conservatism and personal liberties to America without jeopardizing our own safety or future. And this will be my platform for when I run for Congress here in a few years, because I'm sure these steps are still going to be viable. I'm going to make it quick. I'm not going to dive into the details of these, but would you like to hear the Woodbridge plan? Ten steps. Ten steps. Ten easy, quick steps. Okay. All right. Let's hear them. 
All right, with the Woodbridge plan. Number one, end the drug war. I number I two. Agree. I agree. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, yes. Number two. And that's about all we have time for on this program. Again, on behalf of Derek Cooner, my name is Tyler Woodbridge. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Trigger Report. Please don't forget to follow us at thetriggerreport.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. I appreciate you listening, and I hope you have a great day.